Hi guys, this is Erica Weston with Fox Sports Midwest, and you're listening to my favorite St. Louis Blues hockey podcast, Let's Go Blues Radio. Hi there, everyone. I'm Haley Wickenheiser, and this is Let's Go Blues Radio, past to the future. I need one win. What are you going to do to get me that? Selfish hockey. That's right. Selfish hockey. Break it down. Skate the puck. Don't pass it. Headman's still going to be there when you catch up, boy. Take it coast to coast. Shots from poor angles are still shots. Fucking a half, two minute shifts, three minutes even. Cruise the blue line to catch your breath. Bad balance, that's a good breakaway. Gotta get the bounces, boys. Great Scott! Season 8, episode 60, franchise episode number 247 of Let's Go Blues Radio. This is yet another past to the future episode, so thank you again for tuning in for this. And for those of you wondering, well, how many more of these past to the future episodes are you going to do? Don't know. Uh, As I've said every week, this is new territory for everyone. So uh, not sure when we'll have another live show, but uh, I do imagine we'll be having one Uh, In the near future, just stay tuned to us on social media. But uh, either way, we have a show today, and we have an exciting show today. We'll get to our guests in a minute, but I want to thank Julio Cesar in Brazil for the open that you hear there. Make sure you check out his YouTube channel. Uh, The link for it is on our show page or at letsgoblues.com, as well as uh, on our YouTube videos that we post with each of these. So make sure, again, you check out those YouTube videos for the past segment of the show, we have videos, and uh, this I will give you a little hint into this episode. Uh, we actually had a our first video conference for this with uh, with somebody uh, for this series. So uh, it's not just me and graphics displaying; it's that actual person. It's the guest from this show actually joins me on the video conference. So uh, don't want to miss that. If you are tuning in, maybe for the first time. Past to the future, we have former players accompanied by interviews about prospects. So that's the whole idea, Past to the future. Before we get into the show, and I always said that, uh, you know, I'm going to try to not blabble too much before the guests uh, for these episodes, as I've done in the past, but I do want to uh, reach out to anybody who, in the hockey community that's been touched by this, Colby Cave passing away over the weekend my condolences to you uh everyone at let's go blues radio uh my condolences to the edmonton oilers uh all of colby cave's family absolute tragic event uh brain the brain bleed overnight being put in a medically induced coma having to have the surgery that's just uh that's tough stuff um and it's uh it's truly a shame uh the nhl lost a a very uh, good teammate from what I've been told. So again, uh, Let's Go Blues Radio passes on condolences to Colby Cave's family and friends, anyone listening who was affected by this tragedy. Uh, one more announcement I want to make. Uh, the giveaway winner for our last live show, we announced the giveaway. Those of you that uh, participated on Twitter, it was the Bennington t-shirt, uh, the exclusive t-shirt to Let's Go Blues Radio 
uh, that uh, has not been claimed yet. So I'm going to announce the winner one more time, right here, right now. And if I do not hear back by next week's episode, I will be picking another winner. Um, and it's uh, for those who don't remember, it was the again the Bennington T-shirt, and it was a contest where you had to retweet our picture uh, of the T-shirt itself, and then comment with uh, your favorite picture or GIF from the Blues Stanley Cup Championship. And uh, our winner was Amber Renee with a beautiful crying Brad Marchand gif, but uh, she has not claimed her present yet. So, Miss Amber Renee, I believe it was Amber Renee 21 on Twitter, uh, make sure you reach out to us. Uh, DM Let's Go Blues Radio or jponder94 on Twitter, or ra- you can email us at radio at let's go blues dot com and uh yeah claim your prize because otherwise we will be giving it away to somebody else next week so if you uh participated in that giveaway then keep in mind you still have a chance to win if uh, amber does not claim her prize so tune in next week well let's get to our guests this week our first one is uh someone i was excited to talk to mr brandon bullig and uh yes he is not a blues alumni i know but he is the first the original Stanley Cup champion from St. Louis. So uh, that was uh, somebody I definitely was targeting to get, and I'm really happy he was so responsive on coming on. It was great having him on. And unfortunately, we do not have a guest for the future segment of the show. I've had uh, quite the runaround trying to get somebody for this segment of this show. I've even pushed back releasing this episode for that, so... Um, unfortunately I just, uh, could not get one for this week, but, uh, we will have one next week. I've got a couple interviews lined up for, uh, somebody to talk to me about some of the, uh, well now defunct San Jose, San Antonio rampage players, uh, from last season. So, uh, we will have one next week. So I apologize for missing out on one this week, but Hey, you know what? That just means more Stanley cup champion and more St. Louis native Brandon Bullig. So... Here he is, the only Chicago Blackhawk we care about. This is Jeff, and again, we are with the Let's Go Blues Radio Past the Future segments, and uh, this is the past segment of the show. And uh, it's funny because um, I'm having a former Blackhawk on the show, not a former Blue, but he is a St. Louisan, a St. Charlesite from the Chuck as I like to call it. Um, (laughs) Brandon Bolig joins the show first. St. Peter's, St. Charles, St. Louis Stanley Cup champion joins the show. Thank you, Brandon, for coming on. Yeah, thank, thanks for having me. I'm excited. So where, first of all, I have to ask, where did you uh, grow up in, in St. Peter's, St. Charles? Yeah, I grew up in St. Charles. Actually, I went to uh, just off 94 and Junk Station. And I went to uh, the common, I guess, Missouri question is where did you go to high school? I went to uh, Francis Hall North there in St. Charles. I love my time there. All my, all my family, all my buddies are still there. And um, of course, with tra- with with hockey, I was traveling everywhere, you know, around the world, around Canada, all that stuff. Um, and then first, the first time I moved away to play junior A, I went from St. Charles to Lincoln, Nebraska. So it was it's just a funny, you know, two pretty interesting towns. And uh, but yeah, I grew up there in St. Charles and was a massive Blues fan all growing up, really, until I signed with the Blackhawks out of college. So so yeah, I was a I was a Black, uh, Blues fan for twenty. Four years of my life, so I was a. Favorite, I was a who's master. your favorite player growing up? 
You know what? I, I would have to go. It's, it's kind of a tie between Shanahan and Brett Hall, but I, I, given how I was as a player and given that I absolutely still to this day love the players that can do it all, like a guy like a, a Jamie Benn or, you know, even Jerome McGinley, like guys like that that kind of do it all can, can play, can score, can fight, and, you know, and are leaders. That's my thing. So, um, I'd have to go with Shanahan just because that was kind of what he did. And, um, but again, seeing a guy like Brett Hall just fill up the net with goals and, and do it almost, it looked effortless, you know, on his end. So those are two guys I was, I was huge fans of. And then also, I mean, a guy like, a guy like Tony Twist, who I got to know, I actually ended up working at, uh, at one of his restaurants for a couple of years, uh, Twisters there in the St. Charles area. Um, and so I got to know him pretty well, but yeah, luckily we had some good teams back when I was, when I was growing up, some good blues teams and, um, to see guys like those three, you know, Curtis Joseph even was a, a big one in my, you know, not, not being a goalie, but obviously being a massive fan of Curtis Joseph and what he did for the team. Um, so, uh, I have to ask my friend, Brian Gertis wants to ask you, um, what was it like washing dishes at Twister's? Uh, it was, it was actually pretty fun, man. Like, so I walked in there and, um, I went in. So here's a quick backstory. So when I was in seventh grade, I was actually in a movie. It was a low budget movie. Um, Defiance 2002. Exactly. There you go. So <laughs> I was gonna ask you about enough, that. oddly enough, my father in that movie was played by Tony Twist. That's how I got to know him. That's where, you know, my first time meeting him. And that movie was shot over probably a matter of, you know, a, a few months. Um, and so Tony was there a lot when I was, and so got to know him. He, you know, I think quickly realized I was a young hockey player or whatever. Um, and so then fast forward to, uh, I want to say I was 20, 19 or 20 years old. I had just come back from my first or second year of, of junior A hockey and went into Twisters, walked in. Of course, I was, I was many years older, so I, I don't blame him for not realizing who I was, but I walked in to, with a job application and he brought me into his office and I, we're sitting there for a second. Finally, I was like, do you, I get, I take it you don't remember me. And he's like, probably thinking it's some, you know, fan that he met a thousand, thousand right. fans. He's probably thinking it's some man, a fan. And I told him and he was like, Oh my God. So instantly was like, Hey, like we got a couple positions. What, what are you thinking? And I was like, I would love, you know, I grew up cooking, obviously not for a job, but I grew up loving just the whole act of that. Um, and I was like, I would love to work in the kitchen. I would love to cook. And so, yeah, once, once I got hired, it was kind of, you start and once you're back there and when things aren't super busy, you're washing dishes, you're prepping food, you're, you know, doing all of that stuff. So dishes came along with it. It was really cool. Honestly, it was, that was my, um, you know, my probably my second, other than working for my dad doing flooring, uh, that was, you know, my second job outside of that. And so I loved it. I did that for a couple of years. And of course, him being a hockey guy understood that I was, working, training my butt off, you know, and juggling all that stuff in my off season. Um, and I honestly couldn't have asked for a better experience. It was just a lot of fun to be around and be in that environment. And in the kitchen, once I got my feet under me, it's a super intense environment and chaotic environment, especially once, once I had enough experience, I was back there by myself. And then a couple bigger parties would come in and I'd have to just manage, you know, what everything that was going into that it was pretty cool and pretty intense. And I, and I actually love that job. That's that's great. Well, I want to ask you about, uh, obviously, you said you went to Francis Howell North. I've said before, I'm a Francis Howell Viking myself, and it's funny because when, uh, when we were messaging each other, you said, yeah, we probably did play against each other. And I'm like, we definitely did because I was sure. 2000 yeah. to 2004. You were 2001 to 2005. And sure. I was told to ask you by one of your former teammates, Jeff Hill, 
I don't know if you remember right. Jeff. Yeah, of uh, course I do. Jeff says, how much do you remember about the 2003 inline state championship uh, when you beat a stacked Oakville team? Oh, that was my very first ever, like, championship ring I got was from winning state championship my sophomore year uh, in high school inline hockey. And, one, like, as I'm sure you know, in St. Louis, roller hockey is massive, and I absolutely still love roller hockey. It's a totally different game. It's hard to imagine, but it is totally different. Um, you know, obviously, the the obvious difference is being wheels versus blades, but also it's just a much different game. And um, that was one that once I got to high school, I I played a ton growing up, but my main focus always was ice hockey. And and then once I got into high school, they had asked me like, "Come on, just come out!" Like so, my freshman year of ice hockey, I was fortunate enough to play four years of varsity. And and with that, my sophomore year, out, you know, they had asked, "Hey, come out for the inline team. You you know, you have a spot." And so I did, and it was awesome. And like I said, it's a totally different game to learn and, and kind of excel at. But luckily, guys like Jeff was a, a big-time roller hockey guy and, and knew the ins and outs. And, I, you know, I learned from guys like that. And, and lucky enough, yeah, we won the, won the state championship my sophomore year. I still have the ring. It's funny. And um, I absolutely love roller hockey and, uh, and something that, you know, I cherish those memories for sure. Yeah, I, I definitely played against you because I remember that 03 North team, and my God, yeah. you guys were good. <laughs> yeah, we you were. You destroyed yeah, we us were. every time. We were always yeah, like, let's just get out of the first period. Let's not get mercy. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> um, so what uh, what rink did you play at mostly when you were in St. Louis or St. Charles? So growing up, yeah, I was, uh, I was at the Recplex, Recplex nonstop. So my first year or two playing, I played in Creek Core, actually, because St. Peter's did not have their program there. Um, so when I played for Creek Corps, it was, you know, driving from St. Charles to, you know, that area, which wasn't too crazy, but that they, they still have that little kind of rinky-dink Creek Corps rink, which is awesome. It's still, and I went by there a couple of years ago and it looks the exact same, which is funny to see. But, and then once the Recplex was built and once the St. Peter's Spirit program came about, it was, you know, I switched over to them their first, their first year active and absolutely loved it because that was basically my backyard and, uh, and went there and their, their first rink, you know, they, they only had one sheet and it was packed with figure skaters, ice hockey, all that stuff. So we were all packed on one. And then, um, I think actually once, right, right when I was getting to the high school age, they built kind of the outdoor, not, it wasn't outdoor, but the out, you know, the rink in the back there. And, right. um, you know, kind of fast forward to my career after my first year of, of, uh, playing in the NHL, they actually contacted me to kind of honor me at the Recplex and do, um, kind of hang my, my number and my name in the raft. There was this big, big banner that they did. And, uh, I was super, you know, super humbled and fortunate to, to have experienced that and for them to reach out and do that. Um, and so that banner is still there. And then oddly enough, the, the following summer was the summer we had won the Stanley Cup. So I, that's, that was kind of a no brainer for me to bring the cup back there since they had done so much for me once I had kind of made it. And, uh, it was really cool to share that experience back there with them. But yeah, the Reflex was my, was my spot. I've since taken my wife back there uh, a year or two ago. Anytime we come back to St. Charles, I try to swing by there and just see how see how things have progressed there and to show her kind of the banners that are up. And uh, it's just exciting to go back and, and all those memories I still have of, of those days and my early days of, of playing hockey and just loving every second of it. Yeah, I I will. I was gonna say I I still play there from time to time, and you're still hanging yeah. up there. And uh, I remember cool, one yeah. time I was walking in for pickup. And there was a guy who, kind of young kid, probably 18, 19, uh, looked up and saw the banner. And he goes, why do they have a Blackhawk hanging up up here? And somebody goes, come on, man, that's Brandon Bullig. And 
That's he's like, awesome. should I know who that is? And they're like, yeah, you should. So that's it was, hilarious. It was quite funny. Yeah, um, that's, I mean, and again, I understand how passionate Blues fans are. I was one. My, you know, almost my my first twenty four years of my life, or whatever it was, and and so I totally get it, and I respect that. You know, I don't. I wasn't expecting everyone to switch over just so just because some kid from Missouri made it made it to the Blackhawks <laughs> and all that. But fortunately, even my family and friends, I signed, and they were giving me crap. But at least they said. When you guys are in town, when when they're playing, I'll be a Bullock fan, but I'll still root for the Blues. I'm like, yeah. hey, that's, 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 that's enough for me. I'm good with that. How about your parents? I mean, uh, obviously they rooted for for the Blackhawks, you know, for, yeah. when you were playing. But are they still Blues fans too? Uh no, I think they're they're Hawks people now for sure. Okay, so what, what, you know, for me, it's just a matter of kind of loyalty, I guess, in a sense. The Hawks were the first ones to really give me that opportunity to play pro, and then especially you know, playing the NHL and call me up to do that. And then of course, obviously winning the Stanley cup there was just even solidified my, my love for that organization. And, and we still live here in Chicago. I still uh, do work with them in the community with youth programs and all that stuff. So I, I have a tremendous amount of love for, for this organization, but of, of course, still, I was super, super happy as we discussed, you know, in our email correspondence before this, I was super pumped this, for St. Louis, the fact that the blues, you know, finally were able to bring a championship back there. And I know, what it did for that fan base and how long they've been wanting something like that outside of a, a baseball championship, you know? Uh, and so it was just really cool to see. And, um, and especially like you mentioned me being the first, first St. Louis guy uh, and then having Pat Maroon on that team and, and to be able to be another St. Louis area kid to do it. it I hope, you know, I hope we get tons of, of St. Louis kids winning the cup because it's just such a, a life altering experience. And, and the fact that, you know, now we have multiple kids from, from that area, that you know years ago was not by any means considered a hockey hotbed and now with the blue success and more and more guys making it um from the area it's you know now i hope i hope more and more they they more guys from that area start to put get their name on the cup because it's like i said just such a cool experience do you still talk to any uh st louis born nhlers like uh, i know pat maroon you mentioned scott mayfield sure. the kachucks any of those guys yeah so actually so a good buddy of mine is cam jansen you know i know he he still does stuff with the blues and so Cam and I were were real good buddies, especially before, you know, my first few years pro, I was still coming back to St. Louis in the offseason, and Cam and I spent pretty much every single day together training, whether it be weight training, on-ice training, or even back then we were doing, like, different types of MMA-type training to kind of hone our fighting skills, I guess. And so guys like that, um, you know, Paul Stazzi, I'm, I'm definitely friend, friendly with. Chris Butler, I still talk to from time to time. And then, you know, younger guys like – so my last year in Calgary, actually, um, I got, you know, Matthew Kachuk was there and now he's actually a, you know, and a star in the league and staying with his brother. So, you know, you get to know those guys. I, I don't know Scott Mayfield, but I definitely know when, you know, or like a Clayton Keller. I don't, I don't know those guys personally, but it's awesome to see, um, anytime I see their teams playing and I can check even, you know, even not knowing them at all, uh, it's cool to kind of check in and see how they're doing. And again, somebody like a, a Clayton Keller or somebody like that doing so well and so skilled. It's just awesome to see. And like I said, I just hold more and more guys from that area because it's, it's a cool place to grow up. And, um, and it's really cool to see how far hockey has come in that, in that community. Okay. So I've got to ask, and and I didn't prepare you for this. So sorry, I'm going to ask a very hard hitting question here. Cecil Whitakers or emos? I go emos and, and probably because of the cheese. I don't know what cheese that Cecil Whitaker uses, um, I haven't had Cecil Whitaker's in a very long time, probably since I was a kid. 
Um, but Emo's, that cheese just sticks out to me. And I, they also sell it at like random, I think it's Provel, I think. Yeah, but Provel. But they sell it at random grocery stores. And whenever, growing up, whenever I'd see the cheese, I'd, you know, I'd make my mom get it and I would just crush the cheese by itself just because it was so good. But now it's funny enough being here, St. Louis style pizza is super thin. And now being here in Chicago, it's all four inch thick pieces, yep. of, pieces of pizza. But no, it's cool. I actually... I probably would prefer a thin crust and cause that's great, what I grew up on. And um, yeah, it's tough to beat Emo's. So I have to ask, cause Dana, your wife is not a St. Louis native. Have you had her try oh. St. Louis style? She has. She actually loves thin crust pizza too. Anytime wow. we get it here. Yeah. She, anytime we get it here, of course she grew up on, on all the ones here like Giordano's and Lou Malmati's and all that, you know, all those uh, Chicago staples, but yeah, she's a, a thin crust thing. I don't know if that was a matter of me converting her. I think that was more so her, you know, her deal, but yeah, I mean, we, we try to stay, stay healthy, but when we splurge pizza is a, a hell of an option to go with, you know, we love it. Yeah, no, I hear you. And, and Lou Malnati's is hands down my favorite pizza. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's so good. It's, it's, like it's, a, it's well, amazing. It's a meal and one meal, it's a whole meal in one bite. It's like, yeah. you, you know, you can have a piece and you're like, oh, well, what did I just eat here? It's like a Thanksgiving meal. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I, I have a seven-year-old and we took him to Chicago two years ago and had him try Lou Malnati's and I'm not kidding. The first bite, he just looks at me and goes, Oh, yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. like, yep, this is some good stuff. I don't blame buddy. You, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. Um, so I wanted to ask you a little bit about uh, your career itself. Obviously you, sure. uh, you mentioned that you played for Francis Hall North. You're an alum there. Um, you uh, actually tried out for the junior blues tier three, junior B team. Uh, your, I believe it was your junior year, uh, yep. but you were cut. You tried again yeah. your senior year and you made the team. Um, I, trying to go back to that time to not make the junior blues B team, uh, you know, that kind of sour you on hockey a little bit or did you, you know, did it do the opposite? Yeah. yeah. Interesting question. It did not sour me at all. Actually, that was one of the very few times, you know, I'm fortunate to have been cut very little from, you know, from any teams that I really tried out for. I was lucky in that regard, but that was one that I was really hoping to play for that team. The junior blues at that time, um, we're just so good, you know, in comparison to all the other junior B teams in the country and, and, and in those organizations or in those cities. But, um, yeah, my first year trying out, all my buddies were on the team. I had played AAA with, uh, you know, growing up with my whole age group and multiple, you know, of my teammates from those, from those days were on the team. And so I tried out, got cut, um, was not at all pleased about it. Like actually hate, <clears throat> hated the feeling, ended up playing for the African Americans that year in the Central States Hockey League had a really good year, you know, honestly use that, like you said, like I wouldn't say that it soured me on the, on the sport, but it really kind of pissed me off for lack of a better term to, to not have made that team. And that, that, that my whole junior year playing for Afton, I had a, a great year. I was on a, I was on a mission. It was, it was, I got to basically prove these guys, prove to these guys that they made the, made the wrong decision. And then my next, you know, the following season, I went back to, to junior B and made a massive splash during the training camp. And that was actually uh, my first little taste of fighting actually. And uh, had a great fight there kind of one punch their previous year's fighter. And like, oddly enough, it was like my second fight ever. Um, and so had a great training camp and the, basically I remember Jack being who was there. He was the longtime coach, but you know, very instrumental in my career and, and, and had a big effect on me, but uh, after that, my, my senior year of training camp, trying out for junior B the second time, he basically called me in and was like, what? <laughs> basically, we must have pissed you off because you are a totally different player. And he's like, you are absolutely on this team. And, um, and again, that was by far my most 
you know, just productive year as far as, you know, physical play, fighting, points. I had a ton of goals, a ton of penalty minutes, um, and absolutely loved it. And I was only there one year before, you know, being drafted to go play in the USHL. But loved my time there. And to answer your question, yeah, it soured me on the feeling of being cut, but but not the game for sure. Um, so you mentioned it. You went to the USHL, played with the Lincoln Stars for three seasons, and you move yeah. on to St. Lawrence uh, University in yeah. the NCAA Division One. Um, obviously, that is a and you weren't drafted, never drafted in the NHL. Never, uh, no. Signed a pro contract with the Blackhawks uh, after your sophomore year in college in 2010. Um, what uh, that that is again very odd way of going about getting to the NHL. Um, yeah. Again, would you? attribute it to your drive to kind of say, keep going or did you really ever think that there was a chance you wouldn't make the NHL I mean I, it's it's interesting because I, I won't say that there was I never thought that I couldn't make the NHL but but growing up with no hockey background it just wasn't something of course I wanted to of course I dreamt about it but it wasn't necessarily there was no pressure it was not like I have to do this or I'm a failure kind of thing um, but honestly, my whole mindset the whole time was I was having a blast with hockey and I just wanted to continue to move up and up and up in the, in the levels and, you know, play, coming from here and then playing junior B and then going to play junior A. That was an awesome experience. And I had a great time in, in Nebraska for three years playing, playing junior A. And then, you know, I was fortunate enough to be awarded the, the scholarship to play at St. Lawrence University in New York. And then oddly enough, after my sophomore year, the Hawks were very interested in, in offering me a contract to come play again. That was, one of the advantages, probably the only advantage of being undrafted is, you know, when it comes time to play at the pro level, you kind of have, you, you have your pick of whatever teams are interested in you. And uh, we had a couple and the Hawks were by far the most interested. And, um, and so the fact that, you know, after, again, after my sophomore year, I had a great two years in college and really used those two years to, to work on my skills, take, take fighting out of it um, and really use those two years to work on my skills and, you know, I set up my college class schedule so that I could come early in the morning by myself and get a whole extra, you know, session of training in and, and it paid off. And so after my sophomore year, the Hawks were very interested and I weighed the pros and cons. I was, you know, I was getting a full scholarship to, to play in school, a, a very expensive school and, and academically a, a really good school. And so that was a tough decision to make. And then ultimately it was like, you know what, I got to try, I got to try this out, try my hand at the, at the pro level. And, um, you know, it fortunately in hindsight, obviously it ended up working out for me, but that, that was a decision that, you know, that I, I put a lot of thought into and ultimately was, am very happy with, with the decision I made. Obviously. Um, you said a couple yeah. other teams were pursuing you. What you mentioned that the Blackhawks seemed to be a good fit for you. Why was that? Was it, I mean, obviously money I'm sure plays into it, but, uh, you know, yeah, I, so, Oh, go yeah, ahead. I, I, sorry. Not to, not to cut you off. Basically, no, yeah. It, at that point, the, the money thing is actually you're pretty restricted on what you can make as far as an entry level contract. But um, that is where I all the credit uh, in my eyes is, is to my agent. And at that time, I had just kind of signed on with them. And once you're in college, you're not paying them. So they're more they're considered an advisor, um, but they're playing the same role. You know, they're putting their name out there trying to get you into different training camps and whatnot. But um, that was all him. It was basically like, listen, this is this is what we do. We basically realize that the type of player you are, the fact that they're interested, they only have one, maybe two guys that are that are similar to the type of player you are. Um, and so we think this. I think at the time, actually, it was Ben Eager was was here with the Hawks, and then um, 
So he was like, listen, they only have this, you know, kind of one guy that plays like you. There's really nothing in their minor league system um, or any of their prospects. And I was like, you know, let's do it. I'm, I'm happy to try this out. So I signed, went to, went to Rockford instantly. I left my, my sophomore um, school year and went to Rockford, finished the year there, came back, finished my finals and all that stuff. And then my first full professional season was the following year and, um, and spent that year in Rockford. But it was, uh, yeah, it was something that all the credit on, on that end is to my agent because he, they do that research and, and that's what they're for. They're there to advise you on, on the types of decisions or, or at least give you all the, all the tools to make your own, make your own decision. And, uh, fortunately for me, he was, he was, less of an agent, more of a friend my entire career. And even now, like I still see him and uh, we have a great relationship. I'm, I'm very lucky for that because that's not the case for everybody. No, I, I agree. Um, definitely heard some horror stories. Uh, Jack Johnson mm-hmm. comes to mind. Yeah, of, uh, yeah, exactly. some, some bad advice they've gotten. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to ask you about uh, your first game and your first goal. Do you remember both of those? Absolutely. So uh, my first game, it was in Luck, oddly enough, Matt, so it was like a crazy thing for me to be called up. At the, at the time, my second year pro, it was trade deadline day. Um, John Scott was on the team, and we, you know, I was out with a couple of my roommates. I was in the minors, lived with a couple of guys. We were out at, uh, at lunch and saw that John Scott was traded, and we, you know, one of them was like we were, they were kind of joking around with me or whatever, and I'm thinking, oh, okay, maybe, maybe next year I'll have a chance to play a couple games. I don't know. That's, you know, maybe that's a good thing for me. Um, and then no joke, we got home and it was probably less than an hours after he was traded that I got a call and, um, they told me our, our GM in Rockford at the time had, he's the one that made the call, told me what was going on. And I, as soon as he, I realized what was happening, I kind of blacked out and I was like, oh man, I cannot wait. <laughs> I cannot wait to call my family and fill them in here. But he basically told me what was up. And that night I drove to Chicago. It was only just over an hour, probably an hour, 15 minutes from Rockford to Chicago. Um, and so drove that night. The next morning I was suiting up in practice for the Chicago Blackhawks. And so they, and we had a game the next day. Um, and so oddly enough, my very first NHL game, my NHL debut was on February 29th. So it was on yep. league day, which was pretty wild. Um, and so we, you know, I actually wasn't even positive if I was playing or not. I was called up my first NHL practice. Still, we, I, I had no idea. Nobody said anything to me. I'm just some young call up who, who, you know, who's going to tell me the what's going on, but, you know, the next morning I saw that I was in the lineup and I was like, oh my gosh, this is absolutely nuts. I cannot believe this is about to happen. So, you know, as soon as my, I get my first shift and no joke, my, my skates weren't even on the ice for two seconds before I was trying to fight somebody. And oddly enough, it was, it was Mike Brown, who's now a buddy of mine. He's from, I don't know if he grew up in the Chicago area, but he's, he lives in this Chicago area. I've gotten to know him pretty well. And um, we did not end up fighting. I think his hand was, was busted up, but I ended up fighting the next period and, um, you know, that at that time was was all I was interested in was making a splash in in that department and fighting anybody I could. And so my call up year. Um, so I think I, it was 18 games the rest of the regular season. I played all 18, which was pretty awesome. I think I fought uh, like 10 or 11 times something. So I was fighting as much as I possibly could. And then fast forward to my first goal was actually we made playoffs that year. So first round we played Phoenix. And game two was in Phoenix. They, they had a great team that year. I think they lost in the conference final that year in, in 2000, whatever, 11 or 12. I can't remember the year, but they, uh, so they had a great team and we, uh, yeah, game two was in, uh, was in Phoenix, ended up scoring on a, on a awesome, I don't know, one of my, it was just such a cool experience to, 
to fire a nice little shot in there and beat Mike Smith, who at the time was one of the best goalies in the game. Um, and so that was my very first NHL point and goal um, and one that I will definitely never forget. And just such a very cool experience. And then, you know, the, the next year is actually the year we ended up winning the, the cup. And, and so it was just a wild couple of years to, to go from, you know, being in college and whatever, just loving it, loving college, life, loving college hockey. And then, holy crap, now I'm in the pro level. And then less than a year and a half later, I was in the NHL and, uh, and I was lucky enough to score a goal in the playoffs. So it was pretty wild. And you fought Luke Shen was the first fight. I did fight. He's, yeah, he's a tough Shen, customer. He's tough. He's a big boy, big, uh, big Canadian guy. And that's not necessarily, you know, I'm, he's, he's definitely a tough player. I wouldn't consider him a fighter just because he was a lot more valuable than, you know, he provided a lot more than, than just being out there fighting. But he actually, so in the second period, we kind of got locked up. He, he gave me a pretty good check along the boards. We ended up fighting and then we were in the box and he looked over and he's like, are you, are you a fighter? Uh, and I was like, I, I am. And so I was super pumped to get my first fight out of the way. And he's like, Oh, you were probably looking for that. And I was like, I absolutely was. So I'm glad that you were, you were, you obliged, but yeah. So, you know, I got, I ended up talking to him a couple of times, you know, throughout my career after that, but yeah, it was, it was Luke Shen and it was a good fight to get out of the way. And, it was no turning back. I, I tried to fight every single game after that. Who was uh, the toughest guy you ever fought? You know, I get that question a lot. I would, I would have to go with, you know, there was guys in the minors that I would fight. Like I fought Reeves a bunch in the minors. And then even in the NHL, I fought probably Ryan Reeves the most of anybody else in my career. He is a guy that, um, for lack of any other term, he's a handful to say the least. He's <laughs> yeah. a big boy, tough guy, like strong, really long, really everything you, you ask for in a fighter. But uh, so he was a guy I fought all the time, but somebody like a Brian McGratton was crazy tough. I ended up fighting him and then ended up playing with him. So he's a teammate and buddy of mine. And then, you know, guys like Mike Rupp, who's a big dude and, and played in the year, played in the league for so many years and had a lot of success. And, but somebody like a Luke Gazdick, I fought a ton in the minors, Patrick Bordalo. There were some big, big boys in the minors that, um, that if you weren't careful would, you know, would, would do some, some lasting damage. And so, you know, fortunately for me, it's something that came natural to me. And then once I realized that I had, you know, kind of that natural ability to, to at least add that to my, to my hockey game, if you will, um, I really started to really work on it and, and perfect it and, and make sure that not only was I, was I, you know, able to, to give a punch, but take one and be, have the defensive technique and, and protect myself and, and try to set myself up for a, a longer career as opposed to, you know, when you see hockey fights back in the day, it's toe to toe and they have no regard for their own health or, or the other guy they're fighting. They're just trying to, you know, put their fist through the other guy's head. So it's, it was, uh, it was a really cool experience, something I wouldn't change or trade for, for anything. But if I were to advise my, my kid or a younger player these days, I would say maybe try to score more goals than fighting. You know, <laughs> it's a tough job for sure. And it's, uh, it's, you know, it'll leave you sore too often. Yeah, no, it's I, I can imagine. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I've I've gotten in some very minor scraps in my day, and sure. I know the next day I'm thinking, why did I do that? I'm yeah. so sore. Yeah, yeah. exactly, <laughs> exactly. But uh, yeah, I, I wanted to ask you, and, and I know we're gonna go way over on the uh, half hour that I uh, quoted you. Hope that's okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, figure we're both quarantined. We have nothing else better to do, right? There you go. There you go. <laughs> um, so obviously, you said you won the Stanley Cup in 2013. Uh, you appeared in five postseason games that time. And, uh, yeah, so you're the first St. Louis native to win the Cup, as we've mentioned. Yeah. Um, what was it like for you to raise the Stanley Cup? I mean, did you ever think that that would be a part 
of your life that you would ever be able to live out? You know, honestly, no, again, because there was no hockey background in my family. You know, my early hockey memories are just, you know, watching games at home with my parents, watching blues games. And all I was doing in my, in my house was I had a hockey stick and fortunately we had wood floors throughout the house. That's what my dad did. So he put nice wood floors and I put all my rollerblades every day and stick handle throughout my, in my kitchen, in my living room, all that stuff. I'm sure I broke plenty of windows, but, um, so it was just all fun for me. And so, um, just envisioning that and, and seeing that was just something obviously every kid dreams of. And then, you know, having that opportunity to do that in, in our story, you know, that year in 2013 with the Blackhawks, it was, you know, it's a lockout shortened season. Um, and then once the season started, we were, you know, I think we went 27 or 28 games, whatever it was uh, without losing, you know, in regulation. And we went, we were, we won the president's trophy. So we were, a, we were a hell of a team. And so entering playoffs, we were, you know, we were pretty confident and, and uh in our ability and, and so as that process went on and being down three to one in the second round we were down three to one to detroit when they were still in the western conference and um you know coming back from three one to, to beat them in game seven and then beating the kings in 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 the third round and then and then playing boston and just two two original six teams and you know playing here like I never heard an arena louder than game one of the, of the Stanley Cup final here at the United Center and playing those guys. And it was crazy loud and crazy, uh, just a wild experience to be a part of. And I'm lucky enough to have played in a couple, um, couple Stanley Cup final games. And that was just such a cool experience. We actually ended up winning game one in triple overtime, which was again, just added to the wild story. Um, and then game six. In Boston, the, the team had flown all of our families out there and we were down with like a minute 30 left. We were down by a goal. So we're all thinking, all right, I, you know, maybe we go back to Chicago for game seven and then hopefully we win it there. Bickle ties it up. 17 seconds later, Bowen takes the lead. Um, and we're going insane. And so then it's like a mat, it's a complete roller coaster thinking you're thinking you're losing to then thinking, okay, cool. We're going to go to overtime and then, oh my God, we're actually about to win this thing. Um, and so we, we did bolt out on the ice. Everyone's going absolutely berserk. And I was extremely nervous to say the least to, to touch, to touch the cup, but because I didn't want to drop it, I was like wiping my hands. <laughs> I was wiping my hands like crazy on my jersey, on my pants and, and all that stuff to make sure that they were as dry as could be. And so as soon as I got to touch that thing and, uh, and to hoist it and, and kiss it and skate around the ice with it, it was just, the coolest experience ever and, and one that of course I, I or anybody else that's experienced it will probably never forget. Um, and so then to, to do that, to have your family there to, to come running on the ice to enjoy it with you. And, um, and then you get, you know, you get your time, you get to go back in the locker room and then it's just all the boys, all the coaches and, 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 and staff. And so that's a pretty intimate, exciting, uh, experience to be able to party like that in the, in the locker room. And then, yeah, it's, uh, the entire thing I wouldn't trade for anything and, and one that um, I'll be pumped to tell my kids and grandkids one day. And, you know, it's, it's like I said, something I wouldn't trade for anything. Yeah. Um, so that year you played your first game in St. Louis as a member of an opposing team. Yep. Uh, you played at the Scott Trade Center on uh, February 28th, 2013 in St. Louis. Yep. Again, the lockout shortened season. Um, what was it like coming home for the first time? You know, it was actually um, – it was pretty nuts. Actually, so I think that must have been my second. My actually my fourth fourth NHL game ever I got to play in St. Louis at the Scott oh. Trade. Wow, so I am was, a terrible host. I, I don't hey, I don't mean <laughs> to do that. I just wanted to tell you that was so my fourth NHL game ever 
was when I was called up and I played my very first game against Toronto, I had no idea how long I was going to be up. And I quickly looked at the schedule and I was like, oh my God, we play in St. Louis here in like a week. And so I was just praying, please keep me up for at least a week. Just let me play in that game. Um, And so that was my very first NHL game in St. Louis against the Blues. And that was another thing. I stepped on the ice, looked down. I see Ryan Reeves stepped on the ice. I went over, instantly tapped him on the shin guards. I'm like, let's do this. And he, again, always said yes. And so we had, <laughs> had a great fight right at center ice. And I was so, so pumped to be able to do that. And then, then I could kind of relax and, and play hockey because I was just so, so amped up and so, so ready to go. And I needed to get a fight out of the way. But, th- but like you said, the following year to come back and every time I played in St. Louis, I was fortunate enough to have so many family and friends in town. And, uh, you know, probably the coolest thing for me was, in 2000 that that year the following year in 2013 14 we played the blues the very the first round of playoffs actually so we were down two nothing in the series the blues beat us both games one and two we ended up coming back to win it um but that was a very so not only was i close enough to be playing against my hometown team as a as a rival opponent um and play them often i also got to play them in the postseason which was a, a super cool experience for me and um, just to see, again, being on the fan side growing up and knowing how passionate those fans are and then being on the other side and being booed and, and probably <laughs> stuff thrown at us and all that was, uh, it was cool to see both sides of it. I actually believe I was at your first game that I think about it. And, um, I remember you getting an applause after the fight. So I bet oh, that really? was probably pretty cool. Uh, yeah. I, 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 my adrenaline was at the max. So I didn't, I wasn't hearing anything else going on. So that's I appreciate that if that happened. That's all. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, no, it was great. Um, we always love our St. Louis boys. We talk about it on the show sure. a lot. How Absolutely. how great it is to get the the St. Louis boys in the NHL and like you winning the Stanley Cup, like Pat Maroon, something I yeah. always root for, and I know my co-hosts root for as well. I appreciate that. Yeah, thank yeah, you. of course. Yeah. Um, so uh, let me ask you, playing against the Blues, you had to hate somebody, right? Was it David Backus, T.J. Oshie? Who who was it that <laughs> that really kind of grinded your gears? You know what's crazy is that it's like, yeah, you do hate them, but then as soon as you meet them, it's like they're the nicest dudes ever. So now I, you know, Oshie and I share the same agent. We, you know, I've seen him plenty of times off the ice. Great guy. David Backus actually, um, again, somebody I had met multiple times and having played against him multiple times and then met him off the ice. The first time I think I actually hung out with him at all was at a uh, an NHLPA meeting in New York City. And so I got to actually get to know Bagus and I was like, this dude's the nicest guy ever. How can I even, <laughs> how am I supposed to go out and try to, you know, try to hit him or whatever it is. Uh, but yeah, there's guys like that. I honestly, there was no bad blood other than, and I wouldn't even consider it bad blood. It was, it was Reeves. Me and Reeves were, we fought almost every chance we had against each other. And whether I was with Chicago or, or Calgary, you know, a few years later, um, but even at the beginning, it was him and I were, were, you know, definitely rivals. I wouldn't say there was any personal bad blood. You know, we didn't really know, know each other off the ice. But then as we fought more and more and as we kind of were in the league a few years, it also, like, it, I found both of us were, I guess, because I wouldn't say friends, but more just more cordial on the ice. It was more, more and more respect every time him and I played against each other. So it was funny. It was at first we were trying to kill each other, and then it was – well, we'll fight if we need to, but there's, there was more of a, a cordial, cordial relationship there, which was funny. But yeah, there, I never really had a, a hatred, uh, for guys, but I, I knew my role full, full well. And, and if, if there was a time I, I mean, I fought buddies of mine, right? So it was, if there was a time I needed to, to do that, it was the friendship was on the back burner and we'll, we'll, we'll do this for now and, and be buddies after. 
Yeah, we hear those stories a lot. I love that. I, I, it's funny because I, again, I've never played at your level, but you know, even even now in men's leagues, there'll be a guy yeah. that I'll I'll pitch fork in front of the net or yeah, hit into the yeah. boards a little extra hard because I know you know this is a guy I got to I'm gonna that's gonna be messing with me all game. But then exactly. after the game, we're we're sitting around having beers. It's exactly it's there the strangest thing about hockey. That's hockey for you, man. That's, <laughs> yep. yeah, that's the respect factor. That's right. Um, so uh, I want to talk to you about what you're doing now. Um, yep. so, uh, right now you and your wife, Dana, um, yep. you guys are working on, uh, some, some pretty cool stuff, some workout equipment. And, uh, I think it, and I wanted to have you on because this is perfect right now for, for people like me who are looking for a way to yep. stay in shape. I, I go out and play street hockey with my son and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm still yeah. staying. In- no, you're not <laughs> yeah. doing anything. You're just shooting no, the ball yeah. in the net. So what, exactly. what is, uh, what is Dana Eve.com? Yeah, so that's our that's our company. We actually launched it in November of 2019. And so, you know, my wife, to her she's a certified personal trainer. And to her credit, we went through. She had this idea for years. She is a former Division One athlete. She played soccer at the at the University of New Mexico. Actually, that's her jersey here. I guess on this side, that's hers hanging up right next to me um, here in our office. And so she had a great soccer career. Grew up playing that her whole life. And uh, you know, had she's the one with a with a massive passion passion for fitness and. Um, so after her soccer career ended, this whole idea started to started to come about and kind of ferment in her mind and and kept going. And then once her and I started dating and and got engaged, got married, all that. And and once I retired officially in 2019, it was all right. I'm jumping in this thing full full fledged with you, and let's make a business out of it. And so it started. You know, my wife went through the process of getting our own set of resistance resistance bands manufactured with the intention and the idea of this being like a travel, we call it our anywhere gym. So somebody can take this set of five different resistance bands, take it anywhere in the world all together. This whole kit is just over a pound. So our whole thing was you can throw it in your backpack, your briefcase, your suitcase, and take it anywhere in the world, whether you want to do it in your living room or in your hotel room, you know, overseas if you're on vacation. So that was the intention behind developing our at home gym. And then uh, what we are launching on on April 20th here, which we're super excited about, is a video subscription service. So we had this idea. We had it probably uh, a few months back, and we're going through the process of doing it all and, and figuring out how we were going to you know, make this work and how are we going to provide this to the consumer. And it was as soon as this unfortunate you know, COVID thing happens, everyone's quarantined, nobody can leave their homes. We're finding more and more people reaching out to my wife for different workout tips, different workout ideas. And we're like, you know what, let's go into overdrive here, get this video subscription service launched and be able to provide people with a, a high quality, affordable option to, to stay fit at home. Because people, people don't realize how, you know, how, how important it is to stay fit for physic, your physical health, but also for your mental health. And there's so much that goes along with it. We're both big advocates of, of mental health and, and overall body wellness. And, and so we went into overdrive to get this not only the the website uh, developed our our different landing page developed to host our these web subscription videos um, to get the content filmed, edited, and uploaded to the hosting site. Um, so there was a ton that went into it. And again, to my wife's credit, she's had this idea and has absolutely gone into overdrive. She's inspired me big time to just keep plugging away, keep working our butts off on this. And fortunately for us, we both have that that athlete mindset where you have that that crazy re- relentless drive and focus. And so to, to, to know that in our, our own individual sport and just repurpose that into our, our new business 
has been the coolest part. And, you know, our background in sports has led us and, and set us up nicely to, to try to, you know, excel in the business world. And that's ultimately our goal is to, to provide a great outlet and platform for people to, to really just kind of be their best selves physically and mentally. And this video subscription service, like you said, it's unfortunate that the world is in, is in the position we are in right now with this, with this virus, but to be able to then go into overdrive and really offer an affordable option for people to come on and really with any level of experience, whether you're, you know, have been working out your whole life or never stepped foot in a gym ever, you know, you, you do these side by side with my wife and then, you know, we'll add a, you know, a second version of it to where I'm involved and, and it's, it's more of an advanced kind of thing. But yeah, these, these, this video subscription service, we are crazy excited about it. It's called the DE method. My wife, for the past probably four years has been developing this method, which is basically taking everything we learned from the, the high impact performance training that we did for our entire lives, taking the, the good parts of that and of course the beneficial parts and, and then altering it in a way to, to almost be able to do it for, for the rest of your life. Cause like I said, there's so much high impact training. It's high performance. It's high intensity. Um, but that is not sustainable your whole life. That takes a big time toll on your body. And so with that in mind, she developed this method to take all the best things we've learned from different training platforms and put it into something that anyone can do with any level of experience, but also one that is sustainable and it's not going to beat your body up. It's not going to beat up your knees or your back. And it's just a great, high quality, affordable way to, to, to stay up on your fitness. And we are crazy excited about it. I really appreciate you allowing me to come on and talk about it, but um, it's something we're super excited about on April 20th. Um, that thing will be launched. We are super excited. Like you said, danaeve.com is, is where all of it can be found. And uh, we're super happy with the progress our company's made. And of course, um, as any entrepreneur, we're looking to continue to grow it and grow it. And we're super excited where we can take this. So the thing that interests me is, is obviously, you know, like I've checked out Dana on uh, Instagram. I've seen yeah. some of the videos that have been posted on the website. And, you know, first thing, like me, a guy like me, and, and really anyone who wants to stay in shape, you see that male and you say well that's probably for for chicks right that's for women but then i read that you're also doing this you're not only just helping promote it you're not helping uh design it you actually partake in these workouts so Absolutely, um, yeah so tell me about it what i mean what what do you do i mean how does it help you as a, as a man as well yeah so that's that's interesting you bring that up because of course that's something that we've thought about and put a lot of you know thought into and um, you know, you kind of, as a startup business, you kind of have to start somewhere. So we figure, you know what, Dana being the trainer, you know, we maybe will start and initially appeal to a more female demographic, really get, you know, get the proof of concept out there, really make sure that this thing's working and people are taking to it. But, you know, lately I've had so many male, you know, guys reach out to me, ask me if I'm doing this, ask me if I, you know, if I have any tips or do you actually use these resistance bands? Do you actually use these programs? And my answer is, you know, wholeheartedly, it's it's yes. That's all I do. That's why I'm kind of that's why I'm so excited about this whole thing because my body has been ruined over years of you know not only fighting and trying to body check everybody as hard as I possibly could, but it's the training part of it too, which is something that you do every single day. So that stuff takes a massive toll on your body. So the fact that my wife developed something like this that not only I think is super beneficial for any consumer that would partake in it, but, but me personally is something that's super cool. And, and so the answer is yes, by all means, male, you know, the male demographic can absolutely do this. And that is kind of our, the second phase 
uh, once we get this launched and once we have, make sure that everything's working, that's our second phase. It's like a 2.0 version where it appeals to, you know, everyone that's maybe a little more amped up and, and, uh, and some, and, and like I said, just applies to both male and female demographic. And, and that's something that we are super pleased that, that we've had, um, more and more interest from the male demographic and something that we are absolutely listening to digesting. And we're going to figure out how to implement that here shortly as a, you know, a 2.0 launch to our service. Well, I can only see you from the neck up and those of you on, uh, on her <laughs> podcasting this later, uh, remember you can check this out on YouTube as well. Uh, you look like you're still in great shape and that's hard to do for somebody who just left the game. I mean, no offense to any former players, but you know, we've seen some guys, uh, who, who, yeah, gone the other way. They, 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 they eat crazy and they don't work out and, and it just balloons them real quick because you have that lifestyle and, and yeah. you take away the skating, the workouts and it's gone. But, but this has definitely helped you stay in shape. Yeah, I appreciate that. And, and yeah, you know, I still keep up with a lot of my former teammates, some that are t- retired now and some that aren't. And so every time I see a former, teammate or buddy that that is retired and they have uh you know they've gained a little weight and they every time make the comment man what what's going on one you look you look skinnier two like i'm going the other way i'm like listen man i'm i've actually lost you know right now i'm probably 25 or sorry it's about 20 pounds lighter than than what i played at it you know at my heaviest in my nhl career but i also it's not for it's not that i have zero muscle it's a fact that you know you kind of change the way you're training changed the way I've eaten. I've actually switched over to a, a plant-based diet, which has, you know, all that kind of inflammation in, in any body fat, not that I had a ton before, but all that has kind of gone away. And I feel I've never felt better. And it's a matter of my diet and, and training this way with my wife. Fortunately for me, um, fitness is her passion. And so I can just act it, you know, I'm the client, you're my trainer. Luckily I have a trainer for life now. And so she keeps me in shape and and uh, I basically kind of work out for her. Otherwise, if it were up to me and, you know, if it wouldn't, wouldn't kind of negatively impact your health, I, I would love to just kind of sit on the couch and watch, watch golf every day. But, no, I love the fact that, that we're doing this together. We're building a business together. We're both super passionate about what we're doing to try to help trying to help people. But I am if there was an infomercial, I'd be on it. I'm a big advocate for the way we've been training and what we've been doing and, and our business offering and. Um, so I appreciate you saying that, and and I can only hope that more and more of our customers, you know, feel the same. Yeah, yeah, let's hope. Um, no, I, and uh, yeah, I, I was gonna say that. Um, I've che- again, I've checked out danaeve.com. Seems like there's some great stuff on there. Now appreciate you uh, mentioned the soft launch or the the hard launch on yeah. uh, April 20th, but if somebody wants to go to that before April 20th at danaeve.com, and that is Dana with an H, by the way. Yeah. Um, uh, what what would they see there before April 20th? Oh, right. Yeah. So we originally, like I said, we launched in November of 2019, and that was our resistance band kit. That's our Anywhere Gym. And then, which, you know, people can still, you know, from that date, they can purchase it, and it's still on there. And fortunately, we have, we have, we had placed a big enough order. So uh, we have plenty in stock for people and, um, and, and also some, some pre made workout programs. My, my wife also, offers any custom programs when people reach out we she still has uh, multiple clients that have reached out and, and asked do you do any custom stuff and she's like by all means if anybody wants you know a custom-made program you know she has she has that offering as well and people have that you know pretty much i think every single client that 
has originally bought, whether it be a four week, six week, eight week program from her to, you know, that's done custom for them have all come back and be like, Hey, can we extend this? So clearly, you know, she's doing something right. These clients are, are loving it and, and feeling the impact um, of it in, in a, in a positive way. And so right now people can, you know, they, they have the option of a custom made workout program. They have the option of a pre-made, uh, workout program that are on there. And, and, you know, there's details of that on our website and, and really what you would find in those, in those programs, as well as our, our resistance band kit, which again, I use it every day. My wife uses it every day and we absolutely love it. So we're pretty pleased with our initial offering, but this, this new subscription service is one that, you know, is not only going to take our business to the next level, but take, you know, take our impact to helping people to, to the next level. That's, that's fantastic. Brandon, this has been great. I really appreciate you coming on. Hey, I was going to say, you know, I'm thinking, uh, well, maybe he's the first Stanley Cup champion we've had on the show. And I think that's right. We've had Is former cool, players. Right? We had Cam Jansen on, but it was, you know, obviously he's not really a Stanley Cup champion. Yeah, he was so. a part of it, but not, yeah, not as a player. No, I yeah. yeah, so so yeah. I'm going to I'm sure that have, made for a, I'm sure Cam made for a pretty entertaining interview, by the way. Oh, he always does. He's, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's an awesome. interesting fella. Yeah, yeah we uh, yeah, he's he'll he's probably good. be on later this summer, so I'll make sure to bring awesome. up that we had an actual Stanley Cup champion on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, those are your words, not mine. I don't know if I want a lot more with Cam these days. He's still quite the animal. <laughs> oh, he's yeah, he's quite the animal. Still a big guy, still yeah. in great shape. Um, but I, but, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's an honor to come on, especially as uh, the first Stanley Cup champ as a player, and I appreciate that. Yeah, of course. Uh, Brandon, I want to make sure that our listeners know where they can find you, find Dana on social media, as well as obviously danaeve.com. And again, that is D-A-N-N-A-H-E-V-E.com. But where can they find you guys on social media? So on social media, my wife, our business, it's my wife's account. It's our main business account. It is, again, D-A-N-N-A-H underscore Eve. So it's Dana underscore Eve. Uh, on Instagram, same with Twitter. I have, you know, I have my social media that I, you know, I promote, you know, our business as well as any community stuff. We're both philanthropic people and would love to, love to get back to the community any way we can. Um, and so mine is BD underscore Bolig. That's on Instagram. My Twitter, as you have on here on the, on the site here is Bolig87. Um, again, we're both still, fortunately, I still have a, a good following from fans that I've had, you know, a great experience with with fan interaction. And I truly appreciate that. And now seeing them, you know, start to take hold of, of our business and really become fans of our business and not just Brandon Bullock as a hockey player, but you know, myself and my wife as, as business people is, is a really cool thing. Uh, really cool thing to see come full circle. Definitely appreciate all the support. I appreciate you, you know, willing to promote this for us. And, and again, we, we view this as a, you know, of course, a great you know business opportunity to set a, set ourselves up for a nice, you know, comfortable future for us and our family, but also, our, our version of, of helping people out and providing a great, a great platform and, and a great outlet to keep yourself, you know, in, in tip top shape mentally, mentally and physically. And that's really how we live. That's kind of what we live by and, and, and hope to, you know, kind of display that to all of our, all of our consumers. I was reading. It's, uh, kind of funny. We'll close on this thought that, uh, you, uh, <laughs> you had to basically learn everything because you guys had a plan for this and it was, Oh, we'll have this, uh, you know, we'll have this marketing guy do this and we'll, we'll go yeah. to this office and have this done. But then this quarantine hit and it was, Oh God, we got to do all this ourselves. What was that yeah, like it, for you? It was, yeah. We had, we had kind of all those things in line. We had a studio lined up to start filming all this content. We had, you know, a couple people that were going to do the, you know, the production of the content, the, the editing, the shooting, the editing, the uploading. These are things that 
I knew nothing about. I, I still am pretty, pretty, you know, technology challenged. Um, but I honestly, her and I took to, took to YouTube to not only figure out, you know, the right camera lens or the right lighting and all this stuff. And we got all that stuff really just did our own research, uh, a whole, a whole mess of Google searches and really figured it all out. Once we got all the equipment started shooting, then it was a matter of, okay, figuring out how to edit it, how to produce it, how to upload it, how to add, you know, cut it and add different titles and all the effects that, you know, that we, that we needed. Uh, but it's been super fun. It's been a matter of um, just, again, learning and, and it's kind of a blessing in disguise because of course, if we're going to continue to grow this business, which we are, it, it, you know, it only bodes well for us to know every step of the way and every aspect of our business. So it's forced, it's almost a forced education aspect and has, has allowed us to learn the ins and outs. And then, you know, if, and when this, you know, the, the COVID has passed and, you know, hopefully the, the country and the economy and all that gets back to normal. If we are able to outsource that as we grow, then at least we know that we have our footing under us. We know how things should, you know, should progress in the, you know, in the, in that path of, of our business and, how, you know, you know, making sure everything, all of our ducks are in a line. And, and so it's, like I said, a blessing in disguise that we've, we've had to do it ourselves because I only think that'll set us up for, for more success down the line. And one thing I forgot to mention, we're also doing a soon here, probably within the next couple of weeks, launching our own podcast. And it'll also be a video podcast like this. And so that'll, that'll go well with figuring out the editing, the shooting, editing, all of that, the uploading to the, the, the different podcasts. So our podcast is going to be um, honestly, both being former athletes, making the transition into life after sports and, and life into the business world. Our, our podcast is called after the final whistle. And, and so we're super excited about that. Keep, keep an eye out for that um, in the next coming couple of weeks. And uh, we have a lot of a lot of balls in the air here, a lot of a lot of wheels turning and a lot of projects on the go. But um, we are super excited about it. It's a great way to stay busy. Um, and we can't thank you enough for, you know, the opportunity to come on here and promote that and um, excited of, of where this thing is going to go. Yeah, of course. That's Brandon Bullig, uh, former Blackhawks Stanley Cup champion and uh, one of the founders of DanaEve.com. Thank you very much for coming on, Brandon. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Jeff. I appreciate it. All the best to you guys. You too. Well, again, a big thanks to Brandon Bullig for coming on the show. Make sure you check out the shop, everybody. Let'sGoBlues.com slash shop for shirts and stickers from Let'sGoBlues.com. Uh, also, subscribe to our show on Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen over at letsgoblues.com slash radio. And uh, if the app you're using asks for a rating, please give us that five-star rating if you can. Uh, over on Apple especially, that helps people find the show. So thank you very much to those that have already done that. And thank you to those of you who are doing it right now. Uh, Twitter handles for the show. Show Twitter is at LGB Radio. Kurt Price is at Kurt Price. Bill Days at Billy Blue Note. And myself, Jeff Ponder can be found at jponder94. And remember, we're also on Instagram and Facebook and Friendster and Grinder and, and every app you can think of where there's a Let's Go Blues Radio on there. It may not be true for some of those I listed, but uh, I'll let you figure it out. Uh, as far as our next show, again, it will be next week. We will come back to you every week. I just don't know in what format. So uh, I've got a couple other interviews that I'd like to get out. But if Kurt and Bill want to do a show, come on and talk and kind of tell you what's going on in their lives and, you know, maybe run down a couple possible scenarios for the season to return. 
I don't know. I don't know if that'll be next week, the week after, the week after that. So, again, this is week by week. We're in new territory here, folks. But uh, definitely stay tuned. And, again, we will be back every week, no matter what, no matter how long this quarantine goes. We will be back. You can count on that. Well, that will conclude this episode. On behalf of Bill Day and Kurt Price, I am Jeff Ponder, and let's go Blues. Uh, the Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. A look at sports. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. St. Louis Blues, St. Louis Blues, have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun, they're on their way to number one, now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues. The Blues are on the ice tonight again, they're rough and tough and got the stuff to win. They'll always get one more, no matter what the score. They are quite a hockey team, my friend.